Welcome to episode 32 of the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope, super sexy, super cool, super awesome, not really super strong co-host, Mr. Josh Hopkins. I've been lifting. I've been working out. Yeah, I've been... You're, you're, I know you've got those weird muscles. They look good, but they're really, really weak. That's actually pretty true. I'll take the look good. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm going to be the people talk about being healthy. I'm like, Uh I just want to be the most in shape corpse. I don't care about what's really good for you. I just want to look good. (laughs) (laughs) How's Brooklyn? Brooklyn's good. Brooklyn's in the house. Where Brooklyn at? <laughs> oh, right there. Uh, yeah, episode 32, buddy. The uh, Jason Kidd episode. Oh, the, that's your buddy, too. That's your buddy. The, Mad- the Magic Johnson episode uh-huh. 32. Who yeah. else? You got uh-huh. anybody? Uh, Kevin McHale. Yeah, you know the first 32 that came to mind for football. Who? Oh. The Juice. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. OJ thirty-two. Carl Anthony like... Towns, and then oh, big cat. The, at, at the our beloved University of Kentucky basketball uh, program, Richie Farmer was a Richie Farmer. Yes, yeah. that's legendary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our our Rich Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Oh, we're going. Never mind. Jeez. I know. I know. Um, yeah. So. Uh, book club you know something we normally do this this time every week right, is talk right. about what we stuff we've we've read over the week you got yeah. anything for me rex yeah no i've been super busy um well i wasn't that busy for say three of the days of the seven days last week but on those days i found something else to do so no i haven't read anything what about you josh well, actually, just because of the business, you know, I always some friends want me to read their scripts. Right. And a real close friend wanted my opinion on the script. So I'm a yeah. good friend, even though I'm not a fan of reading. I uh, didn't read it and told him it was awesome, though. So <laughs> I didn't read anything, but okay. I told him it was awesome. So good. Good. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good book club. That's a book club. Two years ago today. Kobe Bryant passed away. Yeah. And still doesn't seem real. His little girl, Gianna. Gianna. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, where were you when that happened? That's one of those where were you moments. Yeah. So two years ago today, Kobe uh, passes away and Tatum, middle daughter Tatum, our Tatum, uh, my Tatum Chapman. She had never been to New York before. And we were in New York this day, two years ago, walking into the Nike store and you know get a message on my phone and within a minute the entire nike store is just stunned people are have literally stopped in their tracks many people just sat down and strangers looking around at one another like is this real where were you i I had almost the opposite It was really strange because I was on vacation and I was on a beach in Tulum, Mexico. And I get a text. And of course, we all know what happened. And Mm -hmm. and we all the same like, no, this is the Mm -hmm. Internet. Yeah, I got to see it verified. And then you see you're not just a friend, like your alerts come up. And I just. Froze, yeah. so I wanted to cry and disbelief, and and then I'm on a beach in Mexico, and people are walking around. I think I'm like Kobe Bryant. Uh, yeah, Kobe just died, and no one knew who. Nobody he was. knew. Gee. I was like, what? And they were like, huh? I was like, Kobe, and you know, Europeans a lot. Yeah, a lot were there, and I was like, I would know if Ronaldo that I that who uh, that was. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I was I was almost. Pissed mad yeah right being bryant yeah no um and that is it's one of those you'll never forget where you were i mean it it was that shocking that one of those where you're still stunned yeah i it it really is because i I think i've just tried to not think about it it it, you know thinking about it too much just makes me sad makes me sad and i don't i don't like sad i don't do sad well 
I love it. But, I like, I like to, yeah, I, I, know um, you, I know you do. Uh, we got just a, a couple um, things I want to touch on real quick. Uh, okay, go. It's such a strange year. Um, and in the beginning, we all thought, basically, we thought the Nets Lakers would be mm-hmm. the ultimate dream meetup. Of course, you're pulling for the Suns. Um, I'm a homer. But at, as we approach the All-Star break, it, none of that looks like it's going to happen. It seems, you know, now as you reevaluate, if you had to pick two teams that were going to meet in the finals, who would it be, Rex? Wow. Uh, you know, I, the Nets are still so, so talented, but KD being out, he'll probably be out a while, it looks like. And then, uh, you know, the whole thing with Kyrie, they're so talented that I'm always going to give them a puncher's chance if they're able to get into the playoffs and with some kind of good health. Um, that being said, Miami, I like more really? and more. Yeah. And I like, I like Milwaukee two best teams in the league are out West and they're the Suns and the Warriors Mm. and the Warriors are scary. They're going to continue to get better as clay gets back into more rhythm. They get Wiseman back scary. The Suns, man, you know, yes, I'm a Homer and I'm sure people have a tough time deciding whether I'm being a Homer or right. Honestly, I don't really know. So, but my thought is that, you know, that team has been the best team and has won the most games going back to the start of the bubble. They mm-hmm. went undefeated in the yeah. bubble. They yeah. had the best record last year. They got the best record this year. Um, you know, and they're, they, they're young. They have veterans, a good team. Um, so, and then, you know, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the Lakers that, AD just Ant- came back. AD, AD, AD came back, back last. They beat the Nets le- here last night. Um, LeBron looks great, which should be scary for the mm-hmm. rest of the league because he's playing at such a high level at, at an older age uh, and carrying them, been carrying them with AD out and not getting the best rust right now. So they're dangerous. If AD gets back to being really active, which – he, he looked pretty good last night. Uh, I watched a little bit of that game. He looked, you know, so I, I often judge him by how fleshy he looks when he's lean and his shoulders are right. you know, kind of cut right. up. Like, you know, he, he, he gives you a second and third effort. Uh, but when he's a little heavier and bigger, he's kind of a one effort guy. So they're scary. If he gets back to being Anthony Davis, look out. Uh, before we go in on our, on our, I'm uh-huh. really excited about this, but before we go in on it, um, who, uh, I just got to talk about our Kentucky Wildcats real fast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, please. Uh, quite a gauntlet they're in the, in the middle of they Saturday lost a good game, really good game mm-hmm. to, to Auburn, who's now number one and deservedly so, and just a bunch of dogs, it looks mm-hmm. like. And maybe the, between him and Paolo, the, best player in the yeah. country. Jabari looked every bit the pro in that game. You know, of course, Ty Ty Washington went out with like eight minutes to go or something in the first half and cats were up eight or nine or something. Um, uh, an Auburn one run was inevitable, Ty Ty or not. Uh, that moot point, we lost the Kentucky lost that game. We lost. And mm-hmm. then we came back and barely, barely beat Mississippi State at home minus Ty Ty again, uh, minus our best player again. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Oscar would say something. Yeah. About I, it. I, I, our our best offensive player. Our best. Our best playmaker. Player. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then um, travel to Kansas this weekend. Yeah. And Fog Allen. Now that it's quite quite a gauntlet. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's not over. Who, what, uh, what do you think about them so far? Do you see them as final four contenders? I think Duke's really good. And I saw them play Duke in the first game of the season in New York. And I was surprised with how competitive we were in that game. Uh, Duke's player, Paolo 
and Keels, they're, they're big and strong freshmen. We've got some guys that need some seasoning. And Ty Ty, what he's done from that game to where he is now is unreal. We're not going to fare very well without Ty Ty for very long. Oscar is probably the player of the year, Oscar Shibway in so college far. basketball. What a great story. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, Kentucky's got a chance, you know, got a, got a puncher's chance. The one thing I want to touch on here, I cannot get over Chris Mack and Louisville. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I, I I think Chris Mack is one of the finest basketball coaches that we've had in the game over the last 10, 15 years. That's, he was a slam dunk, I, considered a slam dunk high. Yeah, at that point. yes. And that it has, and again, COVID and, you know, we're not seeing the best uh, college basketball right now, the best version of college basketball. So much inconsistency. But other, you know, Kentucky had an awful season last year. Duke had an awful season last year. But this is just it, it, it kind of it kind of blindsided me. I, I just wasn't expecting it. Were you at all? No, I mean, I knew they were having problems. I knew, uh, you know, then you can read between the lines with some things. But to, to think midseason, that yeah. jumped right out at me like, what? Yeah. And, yeah. and let's say just just off the top of your head, uh, you got anybody that would be a great Louisville hire? Rick Patino. <laughs> that, that would be something. Once again, uh, you have judged correctly. Yes, uh, Rick. No, Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne. That's who it is. That's the coach of Kenny Payne, the assistant coach of the New York Knicks right now. You're going to have to pay him to get him there. But that's the guy. And immediately, our, our rivalry, and thinking selfishly, when I say our, Kentucky, immediately our rivalry is renewed in a pure basketball sense it's just renewed kenny will get the best players there second best to us but he'll get the best players he can get at louisville and the rivalry will be back so i'm hoping if if that's what kenny wants to do i'm hoping that uh he gets that opportunity because he's one of the best we know what kind of recruiter he is also, we know what kind of coach he is and what kind of teacher and what kind of man he is. And that's the kind of guy that University of Louisville needs, in my opinion. That's so, that'd be so interesting because when Rick went there, it ignited, you know, this vitriol. Yes. And we couldn't believe that Rick went to, you know, Louisville. And, but Kenny Payne is revered. In Lexington, we people weren't mad. He went to the Knicks. He's and he's revered and and so well nope. thought of. The, the dynamics of that rivalry would change so much. And yes, they would be back. They, you're you're right about that. How it, he he was is beloved. The second the second that he starts recruiting a guy that's leaning our way. That goes out the window. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Then right. he's Penny. Then he's Penny yep. with Memphis for us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So who we got right. today, Mr. Rex? Josh, I'm excited, man. I, we just want to get right into it. We've been a little long uh, in the open. So let's get right to this. We have the legendary, iconic Rod Carew. Baseball Hall of Fame class of 1991. American League MVP, seven-time batting champ, eight-time, eighteen-time All-Star. Number his number twenty-nine is retired by both the Twins and the Angels, and was enshrined in Twins and Angels Hall of Fame. We have today Josh Rodney Klein Carew. Yeah, welcome, sir. Thank you, Josh. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, Spent a, a childhood uh, watching you and following along, and this is a big thrill for me. Uh, can I send you a razor and some uh, shaving cream? <laughs> uh, oh, you must have been talking I to like my it. mom. 
I'm going to have to go ahead and tell if Rod Carew, my mom, I didn't shave, but if Rod Carew tells me to shave, I will shave. No, it looks good on you, though. I appreciate it. Oh, it's so good. Rod, how are you doing, man? This is so, this is so great. I was just telling Josh earlier, um, he said, do you know Rod? I said, no, I don't know Rod at all. I said, but about a year or so ago, he got on Twitter. And I saw that he was on there and, you know, he was one of our, you know, you were one of our heroes growing up. And I, I couldn't believe you were on Twitter. I was like, could this, is this actually be Rod Carew? <laughs> and then uh, I think I tweeted at you or something. And um, here you are, you know, 60, how many fo- thousand followers do you have now? A bunch, right? A bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it was in a short time. Growing up, you know, how, how important was playing sports for you growing up? <clears throat> and was it your passion for baseball that made, made you want to play? Well, you know, I played soccer. I played, uh, I ran track. I played volleyball, basketball, you know, because in the small town where I lived, that's what kids died for, you know, to be in the gym or be out on the soccer field. And um, I was a decent soccer player. And then my uncle, who became the uh, the physical education guy at the school, he saw me play baseball, and then he says, "No more soccer." <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that guy's got a good eye. And our listeners should know this is you grew up. This is in Panama, right? I quit soccer, and then I started playing baseball. I started playing softball, fast pitch, with a league with the uh, firemen. Uh, and I was only 13 years old. And I used to um, hit against my dad because he was a pitcher for another team. And he didn't like that. So I had to tell the guys, hey, when he pitches, I can't play. So you were playing with bottle caps and broomsticks when you first started off, right? Yeah, we, we made our own bats from broomsticks. And we all painted them you know, with different guys' names on them and their numbers. I, my number one bat was Jackie Robinson and uh, Ted Williams wow. and Roy Campanella. You know, I looked for the good hitters to see if maybe <laughs> I could learn something one day. Then you became almost not arguably the best of all time. Did you ever see that in your future as a kid? I knew I could hit, but I never thought, one minute that I would uh, come to the big leagues one day and let lead the league seven times and you know get three thousand hits. Um, but I loved the game ever since I was seven seven years old. At what age you came over here? You're fourteen years old. Is that right? I was fourteen years old, and um, I lived w- with my godmother because she's the one that brought me here and she said you've got to learn how to speak better english so you know for the first two years i was in this country i never played baseball uh unless i brought home good grades for my my english classes and then after that my third year she said okay you're bringing home good grades your english is getting better so if you want to play baseball, go ahead and play. And so my senior year, I went out to, um, to practice with my high school team. And my coach told me I wasn't good enough. So I <laughs> says, okay. <laughs> you know, I had a couple of buddies that played on a Sandlot team in the Bronx. And they inv- invited me to go out and try out with them. And um, saw a scout saw me. Uh, and recommended me to the Twins. And then Mr. Griffith, they were in New York. The team was in New York. And he came out and saw me play a doubleheader. And I went nine for 11. And then he, t- <laughs> <laughs> he told the scout, he told the scout, sign him. And uh, went nine for 11. Yeah. And so... so- so could you always, you, you could always hit, I mean, it's, it, it's one thing, you know, you just kind of said, and I got seen by a scout. I mean, 
he saw something. Could you just all, did you just always have a, a natural swing? Obviously you worked at it, but it just looked so effortless. Well, you know, I, I was more of a hand sitter. I really used my hands a lot and try to snap the bat, the head of the bat through the hitting zone. But um, yeah, ever since I was about eight years old, I picked up a broomstick and there I went. And so what we used to do for baseballs is we will fill uh, bottle caps with mud and then use those as, uh, as our baseballs. Wow. So <laughs> that's how it all started, you know, because the bottle caps didn't just come straight. You know, they had some bend and some break to them. And I did well. The Rex Chapman Show is sponsored by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter helps customers from all walks of life experience the power and excitement of live events by giving back through children's charities and creating helpful partnerships. One dollar from every transaction will help our charitable partners, including St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, the V Foundation, Quarterback and Children's Health Foundation, and Coach to Cure MD. Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale partner of PBR. NJCAA and over 35 collegiate conferences with 250 plus universities, including the Pac-12. While I'm here in Brooklyn, I could catch a Nets game or any of the concerts coming to the Barclays Center. Buying with Ticket Smarter is quick, easy, and 100% guaranteed tickets. Find tickets to more than 125,000 concerts, sports, and theater events. Order now. Is that when you first started, even if you didn't know it, then Stuart first started to see the, the gift you mentioned? Yeah. And you know what, what, what uh, that mattered most to me is that I was playing with, uh, I was 13 years old. I was playing with guys that were 20 and 25 years old, and I was still having success. So I said, thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> this fits for you. <laughs> hey, when you first came at 14 to New York from Panama, do you remember those first the what you thought the, the what you what impressed upon you early on when you first came to to Manhattan? You know, I was I always used to watch movies uh, about uh, this country, and I always used to see Rockefeller Center, and, and that's what I envisioned New York to be, and. It wasn't as I dreamt as a kid, <laughs> you know. But the thing is, you know, I stayed away from uh, stayed away from people. I was I was a loner, and uh, my mom always taught me about staying out of trouble, and and I did. Well, that that's I was going to say that's not just that's not just a throwaway. I mean, you're here as a teenager, an early teenager. You had to. Some someone instilled a moral compass in you to not, you know, go astray because especially if you're not playing, you know, the one thing that you really love. Baseball. Yeah, I had, I had to hit the books, you know, mm -hmm. and she made sure I also did that. And um, she was my biggest backer. You know, she's she's the one that took me to games and bought me all my baseball stuff. Uh, my dad did nothing. You know, he. All he did was beat on me as a kid. You know, I was an abused child. And um, I said to myself, when I grow up, if I have children, none of, none of that's going to happen. And, I, and he drank a lot. And uh, he beat my mom a lot. But, um, you know, I, I got through it all. You know, she, she always told me, nothing's going to happen to you. God's in your pocket. And I believe that, you know, I believe I, the faith that I have in my friend upstairs, uh, there's nothing that can compare that. Uh, I, thank well you for said. Yeah, thank you for sharing it. Do you have siblings? Well, I had um, three sisters and a brother. And I'm the only one that's alive today. But... Um, I had a sister that ran track and one that played softball, and she was really good. My brother didn't, didn't play much sports, you know. Uh, he didn't want to compete with me because every time we did something, 
you know, I would make him look kind of bad, and he didn't like. <laughs> he didn't like that. Here's his younger brother, you know, making him look bad on the basketball court or track or whatever it was. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I know I, we're going to get back to the baseball for 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 sure, but since you're right there, you had um, heart replacement surgery a few years ago, which is yeah, I had a triple. Well. I wasn't supposed to live, but the story goes that um, I was doing something at Angel Stadium for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and it was a walk around the stadium, and we had a whole lot of people uh, that lost family members to these different uh, blood diseases. And so I decided to get up the next morning and go play golf by myself. And I got up, I think about five o'clock, my wife was still asleep and I wanted to play by myself because I'm not, I wasn't a good golfer. I just took it up after I, after I was 50 years old and um, I got seven hole in ones. You know, I was a I'm, I'm, I'm a military golfer, you know, left, right, left, right. <laughs> but for some reason, you know, I enjoyed the game and, you know, I continued playing. Fantastic. And then, you then know, you had a heart attack on, on is that what happened on the uh, golf? On the golf course. You know, this buddy of mine had told me that um, anytime you feel something funny in your chest, go see the doctor right away. So on the first hole, I hit a drive, and it was the first time I'd hit a drive straight down the middle because usually it was left, right, (laughs) military golf. Yeah, yeah. So um, I felt when I was putting my club back in my bag, my hands were kind of balmy, kind of, you know, clammy. And then I backed my card up. Went to the, because I was on hole one and it was close to the clubhouse. And I walked in and I told the lady, I said, would you please call the paramedics for me? Wow. So she was on the phone. There's a 14-year-old kid there helping her get the place ready. So she was on the phone talking to her husband, who was a paramedic. And he started asking her questions about uh, what I look like, check my my hands and my my mouth and all that stuff they were starting to turn different colors oh man so i kind of laid down on the floor propped my feet up and kind of fell asleep and i felt like i was asleep for like forever but the paramedics were already there in like three minutes and um wow they started working on me and one of the guys was really upset because he said you know that they're losing me Uh, you know they're losing me and um i died and they brought me back did you have any uh you know that you hear about those experiences when you're like uh afterlife or seeing yourself did you do you remember anything from that moment you know, what I remembered was my youngest daughter was, you know, she was sick. She died of leukemia and she was 18 years old. And so, so we, used, we used to, thank you, we used to um, just lay in bed and do crossword puzzles. So one day she looked at me and she said, Dad, right over there in the corner, my guardian angel is, he's got all these lights around him and he's praying. And I says, really? So then I started saying, well, you know, since she was on so much medication, I kind of took it as, uh, as that was the cause. So when I, the second time that I, um, I felt like I lost it, here's this guy, one of the paramedics, he had a light that was going all across his body. And um, I said to myself, that's Michelle, you know, because 
I remembered seeing that with her and now it was happening to me, you know, so um, they lost beautiful. They lost me and I came back and I owe my life to those guys because they made sure that they took care of me and got me to the hospital uh, on time. And my wife was still at home asleep and she knew nothing until she got a phone call. Oh my goodness. She got a phone call and saying that they were taking me to this hospital in Riverside. And then my thinking again went back to God. My mother says he will always be in my back pocket. And there he was, you know, pulling me through. And um, my wife and I had planned on, on going to Italy. That, because that's our vacation spot. And she likes it and I likes it. I like it. And they said, after a week in the hospital, they said, okay, you can go home now. And you can continue doing what you were doing before. But um, make sure that you go and see a cardiologist before you leave. And the next two days, we made an appointment. We had a Monday or or Thursday appointment. So I went to the first appointment. And the doctor looked at me. He says, I don't like what I see. So he says, you're going to go back over to the emergency room and we're gonna send you up to san diego and um that was it from there on it was just crazy you know but the thing that i that my wife and i decided is that we're not going to say anything until you know i'm i'm good and i'm ready to talk to the press and talk to people because we wanted to explain everything Instead of saying one story and they take it and they make it another story. Yeah, right. So um, that's right. what we did. Good. Good for you. Man, and then eventually been... you had a, a heart replacement like a year later, correct? No, I had kidney and heart at the same time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And, and yeah. Isn't there's a story, you know, a, a connection between you and your heart donor. Yeah. I met this little kid at my son's and daughter um, uh, preschool, you know, and this little boy was playing outside and he comes up to me and he says, you're Rod Carew, aren't you? I says, yeah. I <laughs> says, who are you? So he introduced himself. He says, I want to be an athlete when I grow up. And I says, good. I says, how are your grades in school? So I get pretty good grades. And we started talking and, you know, my son was on the basketball team and that's why I was uh, at the school. And I, I said, okay, goodbye. Nice talking to you. So then when we didn't find this out until later, but the same little boy that I met and talked to that day, 20 years later, I have his heart inside of me. And um, wow, he goes with me wherever I go. And, um, you know, it's, it's some kind of a story, you know, uh, that's, that's just amazing. I mean, that is, what that, a, that's a beautiful story. It's sad. I feel, you know, obviously off awful for his family, but it seems like so it's one of those stories where you seem like there's there's some sort of design to this world. Yeah. I don't know what people and, say or what you believe, but there's some sort of design. Yeah, and you know what? He What's grew that? up to be a, a football player. Wow. So he was waiting for uh, a contract, I think, from the Patriots because uh, he started with uh, the Ravens and uh, they let him go. And one day he was working out by himself at home uh, at his condo and he felt a pop inside his head. And he called his dad and his dad said, go to the hospital right away. But the irony of the story also is he had come home and he talks to his mom, he was, uh, going to fill out to get his driver's license. 
and he came to the part about being a donor. And his mom says, honey, you make that decision. And sure wow. enough, he did. And uh, that's, why, that's why I'm here today. I'll be darned. Amazing. Thank you Thank for you sharing, for sharing that. that. That's, that's <laughs> oh, wow. What a treat for us. I mean, uh, thank you, really. It's, Let's get back to well, Yeah, it's so hard to say now. Now back yeah, to baseball. Back to baseball. No, back <laughs> I know. To baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we have to know about yep. the best hitter ever's baseball career. So so we have to go back and thank God you're with us now. And that's an unbelievable story. No question. Um, when, when you were uh, – so you had – been scouted. Now you're playing with the twins. You were an all-star and rookie of the year in your first season. What was it? Was it easier hitting in the big leagues um, uh, than it, it, was it was hitting tough. bottle caps? <laughs> it was tough at first. And, um, and then, you know, back then they could take 28 players North. So I was one of three guys that if we weren't doing good, at the, at the end of a month, I was going to go to AAA and play for um, Billy Martin, who was the manager. And so I went, I think, with three days to go, I think I went like nine for 12. And the organization kept me. Mr. Griffith kept me because he had always said that I was going to be a second baseman. And... Um, didn't send me out to the minor leagues at all. And that's where my career began. That's amazing. Yeah, that is. Well, then, so then you, you you were an all-star after your first season and then 18 straight more. Did you think, well, what do they call this game? It's uh, it's pretty easy. I I like it. (laughs) I wish it was that easy. Yeah, yeah. well, you made it look that way. You did. Back then when I first started, um, the players were the ones that nominated you you to go to the All-Star game. Oh, wow. The the fans weren't, you know, in on it then. And um, first, you know, 18 – just it's just amazing for me to you know here's this kid from panama and you know all he dreamt about was playing baseball in in america and i promised my mom that when i played in front of fifty thousand people that she's going to be there and that's the way it happened and um she just kept telling me keep your faith remember god's in your pocket so Uh Do you do you think do you think that you were the most popular player in all of baseball just because you could hit? Well, no, because you know I had a, a good rapport with the with the fans. You know, I used to talk to people, and um, because I learned a lesson from Harmon Kilbrew. Harmon always told me he says. Uh, be nice it doesn't cost anything to be nice mm. and so that's the way I, I carried my myself through my career and then I had Tony Oliva who was my roommate for about 11 years and um, we developed a friendship you know uh, we used to watch each other hit and make comments and then one day I decided I'm going to go get one of these little video cameras uh, at a store and film him when he's hitting. And he wow. could film me when I was hitting. And then we'd go back to the hotel and pull the sheets off the bed and tape them up. And that's how we used our little uh, video camera. That's Watching amazing. That's so yeah. forward thinking. It sure is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I remember for Josh and I who grew up, you know, it, we're both Kentuckians, but growing up in the eighties, I remember in high school, uh, late high school having film sessions and it was like, what is this? But we had, you know, all of a sudden there was, everybody had video cameras. And right. so we could, we could do that, but you're talking a couple decades earlier that yeah. you were doing this, that, I mean, that 
you guys were serious about it. Yes, I was. And, and Tony was, you know, uh, and then being roommates, we just wherever one went, the other one. The Rex Chapman Show, powered by Basketball News, is sponsored by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. It's daily fantasy simplified. It's just you versus the projected numbers, Josh. You can pick from two up to five players and an over-under on their projected stats for a single game and win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, Josh. I like the sound of this. I like the sound of this. Well, Prize yes, Picks allows mixed sports entries, offering every sport you can think of. Your Prize Picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You can take the over on John Morant's points and the under on Anthony Davis's rebounds if you want. You can receive a match on your deposits up to $100 using our exclusive promo code NEWS. That's promo code NEWS for an instant 100% deposit match on up to $100. So hold on, that's program code NEWS, N-E-W-S, like the news on TV? That's promo code NEWS for an instant 100% deposit match on up to $100. Guess what else? Prize Picks has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app available in the App Store and Google Play. Sweet. When you first got into the league, because you kind of had a, what they call now for sure, unorthodox hitting style, you know, um, you were, uh, they, they always say slap hit. He, he, like you referred to, and now it's actually more of a norm. And you actually became a coach and talked to a lot of people. Did they ever try and change your, your, your hitting style? Yeah. My first, uh, see, before I signed and I played sign lot, I was more of a power hitter. And then after I signed, uh, the hitting coach, Jim Lemon, tried to change my way of hitting because I was hitting a lot of balls to left field and I was getting base hits and he wanted me to pull the ball more. And I said, well, you know, I'm doing fine, staying up the middle and left field. I says, if I get a a pitch to pull on the hit and run or something, I'm going to make sure that I I, uh, pull that pitch. So he never spoke to me again, you know, <laughs> he, didn't. he never spoke to me. He just uh, said, okay, you're going to be your own hitting coach. Well, I says, I'm not the only one that's my hitting coach. My roomie can hit too. So I'm going to pick his brains, you know. Um, that's, that's awesome. It yeah. Is so it's, incredible. You know, um, what? What was the greatest honor in 1977, winning the AL MVP or being rewarded with the uh, Roberto Clemente Award? Well, the first one is uh, 1977 when I was hitting, uh, you know, close to 400. And I played a game against the White Sox uh, in September. And... uh, you know, I went four, four, five or something like that. And I drove in some runs. And every time I got a hit, I would get a standing ovation because people were thinking about the 400. And I didn't think about that at all because I, you know, I was being paid to, to hit. And that's just the way, you know, I, I did it. They said, you got two lines. They didn't tell me just to use one line says go from left to right right to left and that's how that's what i did my whole career amazing and here you are now there people trying to tell you how to bat and now the american (laughs) league batting title trophy is the rod carew american league uh batting batting trophy i mean that's that how about that what 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 was that phone call like when they told you they'd like to name that award after you i was like wow you know, I, I, I thought about Tony Gwynn and myself, you know, because we were really good friends and we used to talk about hitting a lot. So we were like mesmerized that they would do something like that. And yeah, Tony was a heck of a basketball player. Tony was a heck yes, of a ba- he was. basketball player. Yeah, he was. 
and he was a great human being. Rod, you know, you brought up we we we've been lucky, fortunate. We had arguably, maybe not arguably anymore, the greatest shooter ever. Uh, Stephen Curry was on last year. Now we have arguably the greatest hitter ever. You made such an interesting point that I kind of correlate to basketball a little bit. Stefan has taken some grief for, you know, ruining the game of basketball because now everybody wants to shoot three pointers. You mentioned the launch angle, everybody trying to hit home runs. Well, the difference, though, is that you're getting three points for the three pointer. It's more. You're still just getting one point at a time in baseball. You know, yeah. it's not two runs if you hit it over that wall. So I, I can only imagine that guys like yourself who grew up playing in, in a different era, just like, you know, I did with these right. guys now, it, there, there seems to be like <laughs> the great hitters of today, if they bunted like you did, they, yeah. that just doesn't happen. And, but there's something so selfless about that and, and being on a team and just trying to win the game. It, yeah. it, I, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. It's, it's different today. Guys are thinking about themselves more than thinking, you know, about the team. They're not giving themselves up more to move runners and get them into scoring position. Forget it. I'm, I'm going to be the hero today. Mm. That's all they think about. I got a question for you guys. Yeah. You like music? Yes, yes, sir. What's your favorite song? Mm, wow. Um, you can think about it. Um, Bill Withers' Lovely Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I, I love Bill, Bill Withers, too. Yeah, same. What about you, Josh? Uh, well, the one that <laughs> jumps out with Rod Carew <laughs> would be Sure Shot. By the Beastie Boys. <laughs> oh, uh, I've got more action than my man John Wu, and I've got mad hits like Rod Carew. Rod Carew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That jumps what, out at me. You know the first time someone said you're in a you're in a hip hop song, they talked about you. Where were you? What did you think about that? Well, you know, the guys asked me to come on stage with them uh, when they were on Saturday Night Live, but I was headed someplace. Uh, I had a, an engagement to go to, and I told him I couldn't make it, but I told him that I love the song, and thanks for uh, getting my name in there. You <laughs> That's know? amazing. But but my my favorite song is the national anthem. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Big Poppy and uh, Dustin Pedro was talking one day by the batting cage, and they were talking music. And so they asked me, what kind of music I like. I says, well, there's one song that I really love. And he said, well, what's that? And I said, the national anthem. And mm. they looked at me like I'm crazy. You know, I says, and they said, why? I said, because every time I hear that song, I knew I was going to get two, three or four hits. <laughs> and they just rolled out. <laughs> You just mentioned uh, uh, David Ortiz, which is interesting because he just was inducted or was accepted. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be inducted. Um, and this is uh, the, the PED, Performance Enhancing Drug Time. And there's a, a lot of controversy about that. And um, Ortiz uh, never you know, uh, officially tested positive. He's loved, got in. But a lot of guys this year, like Bonds and Clemens, it was their last year to even um, be um, nominated. Yeah. And I wonder what you think about that and the induction into Hall of Fame. What do you think about the PED asterisk? Well, you know, those guys were already Hall of Famers. You know, and to do that, Man, if I did that, my line drives might have carried further and they <laughs> might have become outs, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't agree with what they did. Um, and if I was to vote a man, I would say maybe not right now, but later on. Right. I, I, I think that they, they, they knew that they made mis a mistake. 
by doing this. You know, look at Shoeless Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To this day, um, he played his, his heart out and still did well uh, during the series and, and stuff. And, and he's not in. So um, I don't know. You know, Do you feel then, like that with Pete Rose also? I love Pete. Yeah. And I, you know, you've got to forgive some, you know, forgiveness is, is, is a great weapon. And I think that Pete has paid his price for what he did. And I'm sure that uh, the other guys are going to go through the same thing, but they'll get in, you know, because, yeah, I think they will get in. I think the writers, new writers that are coming on into baseball now, um, these new guys are uh, different than the, the old guys that, that uh, followed the game and wrote about the game. Right. So do you think in general they're kind of being treated unfairly by not getting in? Or you're just saying as society moves forward, we'll think of it differently and maybe we can revisit it. Right. Gotcha. That's true. I, I, I think, and, and that's what's, what's going to happen. You know, I think um, you've got to learn to forgive. Is, and That's what that, my friend in my back pocket there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because in, in a sense, it is based right now is baseball is the Baseball Hall of Fame accurately telling the history of the game by leaving out the all time hit king, the home run leader and the player with the most Cy Young. Yeah. Rose and I, and I, I am really disappointed because um, I was really looking forward to being on the stand when those guys get in before all this stuff that happened with them. Right. Gosh, darn it. Um, Rod, how, how important was it to give back to the game of baseball after your playing career? How did you approach giving back, whether it was opening the Rod Crew Baseball School or becoming a manager? Well, you know, uh, I learned it in Minnesota when I was with, this, with the Twins. Uh, we used to go out in the offseason uh, four or five times a week to a lot of small towns in, in the upper Midwest. I mean, we used to go to um, uh, South Dakota in the dead of winter, you know, just to go to uh, father-son banquets and wow. visit schools and, and things like that. So the twins had a caravan, which they still do today. So we learned a lot about, you know, being with people, uh, treating people the way that they would want to be treated. We're no different because we're baseball players. You know, we're fathers. Um, we have kids. And uh, so I enjoyed it very much. And I still do today. Yesterday, my wife and I went to a, uh, a practice for um, the six to 12-year-old kids. Really? And we had a we had a great time. And when we were walking up, one of the kids yelled out, "The legend is here!" <laughs> you know? I said, "How do you know I, I I'm a legend?" He says, "Well, we knew you were coming today, and we were given the assignment of looking you up on uh, on the internet. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was fun." That's it was a amazing. lot of fun for us to do. That's and so then, awesome. and then we, we, my wife and I started to leave and um, it was cold. And then they were getting ready to start a game with the older kids. And I'm saying to myself, I'm freezing. How are they going to go through this? <laughs> Does this feel like Minnesota days early in the spring? You know, but um I enjoy, I really enjoy it. I've been involved with this Rod Carew Classic for uh, Pediatric Cancer for 25 years. And I'm still doing it because um, it's to see the kids that don't have a chance uh, realize their dreams and get cured and they come back and they, they either play in a tournament 
or they do something, you know, because they knew what they went through and they knew that other kids are going through the same thing. So, you know, they pitched in and helped a lot. Mm. Do you have a you favorite know, player in today's game? My most favorite player was Derek Jeter. Mm. <laughs> because I always tell kids, I says, or I'll ask them, I said, do you know who, who uh, Derek Jeter is? And they said, yes. Yeah. says, well, when you're playing, play the game like Derek Jeter. He runs, he hustles, no matter what. If he's going to be out, he still runs hard, run through the base, you know. So play the game like Derek Jeter. Hmm. Uh, because I, I, was, I was a huge fan of his, you know, right. watching this skinny kid come mm -hmm. up and remind me of my, myself, you know. Rod, uh, there's so much I want to ask you about, but I also do want to touch on, you know, the last time Major League Baseball was on strike, you were managing the Angels. Um, can you spot any similarities between now and in 1994 with how the MLB and its players are struggling to make progress on a new deal? Well, you know, I was, I was a coach. I, I didn't manage uh, the Angels, but I, I was a hitting coach for about 10 years. And when we went through the different strikes, it was always what the owners were trying to take from us that we had gained in, you know, on, on certain strikes and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, when it comes to the money, these guys are making so much money that, you know, it, it's unbelievable. And, and we set the way for them to be doing as well as they're doing today. So hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll come to um, terms because my wife and I are sitting back here at home waiting to go to spring training. Because <laughs> <laughs> every year, you know, we go to spring training with the twins. That's and, uh, great. Yeah. That's so much fun. That's so the love fun. of the game for sure. Yes, it is. Uh, it's, it's a great time talking to the kids and asking them questions and, you know, hearing their response and uh, you try and impart some of your knowledge of the game, you know, to, to them. Now, your son is your agent now, right? Yeah. Your son is your agent. Now, is he the one that got you on social media? Yeah. Yeah, I was fantastic. The caves. <laughs> <laughs> I had my caves all set up and set out. That's where I, that's where I spent my time. And then after he graduated and uh, the other guy, Frank Pace, and I were together for, ooh, from 1982 until this past December. So my son wasn't working because the company that he was with kind of went on to say, so why don't you become my agent? He says, really? I said, yeah. So we can work together. And so he he went all went into all those caves looking for me until he finally found found me and dragged me out and said, <laughs> "We're going to do some stuff." I said, "Okay." I'm glad he did. This is a yeah, treat. You know, I mean, can you imagine? All right, you grew up watching guys, right? Can you imagine? Josh and I are fifty-ish, fifty-five-ish. I'm fifty-five-ish. Uh, can you imagine being able to sit and talk to you know one of your heroes that? You know, you oh, grew up God. watching, and that's yeah. what—that's what we feel like right now. Well, thank you. You know, that's <laughs> what you. I felt like my first All-Star game in California. Here yeah. I am on the field with Ernie Banks and Willie Mays <laughs> and the Mick, you know, and all and these the great guys. And I'm saying to myself, "Pinch me, you know, yeah. wake me up, you know." That's right. That's right. So. I am Thank I am you. I am happy that I've been able to put some joy into a lot of people's hearts, you know, and not all of us can be great, but I respect every person that has to get up and go to work and earn a living to, you know, to take care of his family, you know. Uh, um some of us can do it being sports uh, 
heroes and stuff, but those guys have to have a lot of tough times too. And so, you know, people used to talk about, oh, they're booing you and stuff. I doesn't matter. My wife used to boo me when I first came out to California. Because <laughs> I used to wear them out, you know. <laughs> uh, Rod, all right. So uh, real, real quick, what's your favorite movie of all time? Secretariat. Oh, Kentucky. There we go. Kentucky, Listen, baby. I have watched that movie about a hundred times. And I still watch it. You know, my granddaughter... I had my first granddaughter. She's uh, four years old, and that's her favorite movie. Papa, can we watch Secretariat? And and I mean, I love I love the movie. I, you know, I I put some insight into that woman, that lady, and the horse had a connection. Yes, you know, and you can tell by the way they looked at each other, and but it was a great movie. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's interesting for some Kentucky guys. It's in our hometown, there's huge statue of Secretariat. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, great movie. And let me ask you this. Who, uh, if you could sit down for, for dinner, have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who, who might you pick? God. All right. All right. Tell me, you'd have to get him out of your pocket, though, first. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should. Maybe I should try that and see, yeah. see if you have dinner with me. But if not God, um, I had the pleasure of having dinner with uh, Coach Wooden. Oh, wow. And he was a great baseball man, too. He loved the game. And so it was a, a thrill for me to sit there and listen to what he had to say. And it was just an unbelievable meeting. Mm. Rod, I can't, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. And, and really, uh, you know, I, I assumed we were going to talk baseball. I can't thank you enough for opening up and talking about your childhood. And um, I, I wanted to say one other thing, Josh, he, he wouldn't do this, but you were talking about the military and the Marines and Josh's dad just passed away a couple of months ago, 88 oh, years old. And, 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 but he was a Marine. And he told me recently a story much like you just told. And I wanted to be sure to let you know that we've, we've had some tears over the last couple of months, but they're happy mm -hmm. tears. And uh, yeah. just thanks. Thanks for what you said today. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for you guys having me on the show. And if you'd like to do it again, let, we will. let my son know. And, uh, We'll we'll catch up on some more stuff. That'd be great. It's been an honor. It's been an well, honor, Mr. Crew. Thank you so much. Josh, I'm just Rod. All right. That'd be just tough Rod. for me. That's yeah. tough for me. My dad, who was in the Marines, would want me to call you Mr. Crew. <laughs> well, that's He's the one that taught me. Thank you, Rod. We'll uh, we'll definitely do this again. We're gonna take you up on it. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank and, you, you know, so much. We, we, we do some stuff on uh, on uh, the website rodkaroo.com and you know um, and then we have a newsletter that comes out once a week. Um, just keep, keeping up on the game and, and and things like that. Well, we'll push it out there for you. I I didn't even know that, so that's perfect. Um, we'll we'll get it out there. I can't wait for this. This is great. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks, so thanks much, guys. Thank All you, right. Josh. Wow. That was Rod Carew. We just talked to Rod Carew for an hour. That, that, I mean, legend. I mean, growing up, I mean, Rod Carew was Rod Carew. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's so funny to hear him because you think about these baseball players that bridged the gap. They were heroes of mine at a young age. And then to hear, you know, he's – playing an all-star game with Mickey Mantle. And right. you're like, what, what? That's yeah. that close in time. The older you get, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, 80 years isn't that far ago or 60 or 40 um, time becomes more relative, but to hear that just blew me away to know he was playing 
an all-star game with 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 those guys. With Mickey Mantle. He's 19 or 20. He's playing in an all-star game with Mickey Mantle. It's, I mean, uh, it's amazing to hear. Yeah. And what a life, though. I mean, and him sharing about his father, you know, uh, of course, we had known a little bit about it. We don't know him like that. It's not something you're going to bring up on a basketball podcast. And I mean, just being able to share that, that's so, I mean, he shared so much good stuff today, just good life stuff. Well, I think, you know, because he, he, he seems such a beautiful soul and, yeah. and, and led a life with, with purpose. And I think, you know, like so many people, you hear uh, uh, his life, his early life, his Panama, it gave him perspective for the rest of yeah. his life that a lot of us don't get. And so he seems to have just carried that with him his entire life. And he loves the game so much still. And he loves to give back and he loves to talk the game and, and, and life in general, yeah. you know, to, to open up like that. Yeah, he uh, seems like a special soul. I, I really feel honored to have spoken yeah. with Rod Carew. And I think that's the first, first person, I believe, we'll have to go back. I think that's the first person we've had on the podcast who has actually died and returned yeah yeah that, isn't that our first yeah that is our first I, let's see <laughs> i uh, mean we had stefan we had Shaq. no nope. yeah. uh james jones no nope. uh katie lang no nope. jane lynch no, has not no, no i he no. might be the first dead might guy be the first we'll have to go check the tape on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, amazing. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Powered by basketballnews.com.